Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Let me go to Keith Rabin, former Fingal uh, councillor. Uh, Keith. Hi, Niall. How are you? How are you doing? Keith, I read your tweet today about your dad. So let me just say, I suppose the best thing to do is explain it in your own words, what actually happened to him. And first of all, how old is he again? 70? 72. 72 years of age. All right. And is he in good health and everything else? Would he be... No, he's in desperate health, actually. Um, I don't think he'd mind me saying um, he... He basically has um, what they call end-stage emphysema, which is the very, you know, we're, we're getting we're getting bad at this stage. But my uh, mum had it, yeah, so he'd be yeah. on oxygen all the time. Yeah, he lives effectively on inhalers and oxygen, and yep. uh, he couldn't walk 20 feet, really, without, you know, without, breath. without having to yep. stop. I know, and, exactly, uh, I know exactly what you're talking he does about. Kind of, he does the stairs kind of three steps at a time, and then he stops for a while, and that kind of, st- that kind of stuff, you know. So okay, so he's not he's in only, good health. He's yeah. not in good health. He's only five foot seven. He weighs about eight stone. Like, he's a small man, you know. And uh, so he lives alone. And so basically yesterday I was speaking to him and uh, he told me that on Monday uh, a guy had turned up at the door and uh, said uh, the, the, the guttering was hanging off the side of the house. And my dad has been aware that there's a leaking gutter at the side of the house for a while. And the guy said, look, I'm working across the road. I just noticed it. And uh, since I'm here and I'm with the lads and with the ladder, I'll, I'll get up and fix it for you if you want me to for 70 quid. Right. So, so your, dad, dad, your dad thought this was an okay deal. My dad said, right, this is great. I've been meaning somebody to come around and fix this. And this guy's obviously just spotted it because he's across the road. Brilliant. So my dad said he heard the ladder hit the side of the house. And he said, and literally he said two, three minutes later, um, the doorbell went again. He opened the door and there was a different guy there this time. And he kind of realized he was in a bit of trouble because the guy said to him, uh, right, that's 450 euro. So it just went, the price just went up. And he said, uh, no, no, I said, I was dealing with your friend, it's, it's 70 euro. And he said, no, no, 70 euro is the deposit. And he got really oh, aggressive. Oh, no. And then he turned around and he said to, he said, lads, lads, this guy's not paying. So then... And your he, father obviously felt very intimidated now at this stage. Incredibly. And so how, many, said, how many of them was there? So there were, there were three guys then bundled into the porch in the front, the front hall. And they all started kind of roaring at him and saying he so, had to, he had to Roaring at this, this poor little old man, essentially, yeah. and I'm not insulting your dad, sorry, Keith, but this poor little old man, you know, 72 years of age, who, can, who yeah. visibly obviously looks, doesn't look the best of health. No. They it's a exactly slight man, they yeah. Doing. They were doing exactly what they were doing. And, and Bullies. As it turns out, they didn't fix the guttering at all. The whole thing was a scam. They weren't working across the road. Um, this is a, just, a, it was a complete scam. So, um, and could he just did he describe? Did, and I know there's more to the story. We're going to come to it in a second. But could he describe them if he saw them again, or did he did he have well, any idea? I, I've asked him that, and the problem now is that the more I ask him about it, the more he realizes that I want to make a bit of a deal about this. And, and he's, and he's embarrassed. Is he? and stuff. He's mortified. He like he's so embarrassed that he thinks he was conned and he feels like a fool. And he said, well, "I'm not going to make a big deal of this." And you know, and I don't want you making a big deal of this. And I don't. And I said, I'm going to go to the guards. And he said, "I'm not going to talk to the guards." And you know, and I, I'm afraid they're going to come back and put my windows in. And anyway, and so he's getting into a complete tizzy about this. So now he won't even answer my questions about it. Um, so, so okay, so they they all start bullying him at the front door. These three of them at this stage bullying him at yeah. the front door. This this poor little old man, and he ha- he hadn't got the money. They well, were. He doesn't, have, he, he doesn't have a whole lot of money. He lives so they wanted four fifty at this stage. Yeah, four fifty. He said he doesn't have any money and whatever. So they got to get really aggressive, and they were saying, "Right, you're getting into the van with us, and we're bringing you to an ATM." Oh my gosh. And uh, so he was like completely bewildered and just, you know, over, over. He was obviously terrified. Yeah. So he went out, he got into the van with them. They drove him up to the village and he lives in Finglas. And uh, 
he got uh, 450 euro out. Now, he has had 570 euro in his account. Like, so that, really, that was essentially all he had. So yeah. he, they gave him, he gave him 450 euro and they left him on the side of the road. Now, I'll just remind you, he can't walk 20 So they didn't even bring him home again. Right. So they just left him there. So just, I mean, I'm just enraged. I mean, I'm just... Oh, I can, know, I can only enraged. imagine if that was my mum or dad. Sadly, they passed away many years ago. But, but if that was the, that my mother had emphysema, so I know exactly what you're mm. talking about and how it can affect somebody. And I, I would be horrified if that happened. I'd be out yeah. looking for them. Well, he's just so, I mean, he's just, he is very vulnerable. And, like, yeah. and what, what really gets me is they knew. Like, they really knew. Of course and they I, did. I think, and they kind of targeted him because he was vulnerable. So these heroes that are out there, like, they wouldn't even take on, you know, a, a, a man in, in his kind of, hail and hearty in the fit of his health. They picked on a really vulnerable kind of older man and, it, and who lives alone. And they just, you know, that's the, really the bit that just makes me just think these guys are, like, they're subhuman. Like, they're, they're sociopaths. They really are. And were they know, Irish? Yeah, I mean, I'm just. I'm not, not that. I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, no, no, he... they, they are. They are Irish. They, they basically what happened was the first guy who came he appeared to be just a guy from a Dove, a Dubliner, and whatever. My dad was, you know, getting on with him. Funny. He was a youngish guy. He was about thirty, and he was going to get on with him. So he was obviously the nice guy to gain his trust. Yeah. Yeah, and he was kind of all yappy and chatty and whatever. But the guy who knocked on the door second, the band of the four and fifty euro, and then bundled, and then they all them bundled into the hall. He was a traveller. Okay, so and, they're members of the travelling community. And my dad knew then that he was in trouble because the first guy, he wasn't a traveller. Well, if he is, he certainly had a Dublin accent or whatever. And he, the second guy, he knew immediately he was a traveller. The other guy, he was shouting at him as a traveller. So he kind of knew that... I mean, I, I mean, look, this is a common scam, the gutter scam, where they go around pretending to clean your gutters. And normally, yeah. Yeah, normally they come back down and they say, oh, while we were up there, we noticed two of your slates are cracked, which they cracked themselves. You while see, my dad, would be, my yeah. dad wouldn't be a fool. And this is what really galls him. This is what really gets him. He's not a fool. You know, he's not, a, he's not somebody who would be taken in lightly. I can't remember him ever being conned before. But it's just because he's in the situation he is, he wasn't thinking really clearly. And he didn't, he, he says to me, and I'm like, okay, people will give out about this, but he says that, like, you know, had the guy come up and he'd been a traveller, he would not have engaged it because he knows this is a, a known traveller scam of going up the gutters and doing this stuff. He wouldn't have done it. But, be, but because he, the second guy who came in, he realised he was, he knew what would happen, and then he was just absolutely appalled at himself for being calmed. But at that point then, I mean, I don't blame him at all. But he No, I mean, if you've, himself, got, if you've got three you know, lads selling in your porch and you're 72 yeah. years of age and you're in bad health and you're only five foot nothing. Yeah. And it's like, he, of the thing, like you, he, you, he blames himself a bit, is not Which is I mean, like that's, the that's most sad, amazing thing. And I, and I keep kind of saying to him, like, it's not your fault. And, you know, and he says, I was such a fool. And, you know, I, I should have done this and I should have done that. But, I mean, we all think of the things we should have done afterwards. You know, yeah. Did, they, like, did you know, they go to the ATM? They went to the ATM machine. And did, did they get out of the van at the ATM machine? Uh, I don't know. See, he, now I'm asking the questions about the colour of the van. And all, and he won't no, because somebody's just texted and says, could they use the CCTV at the ATM machine? Yeah, no, I said that to the guard. I, basically, I rang the guards today myself. I just said, no, feck it. I'm just I'm, I'm too enraged at this. And, and also, I, I want them to be aware that it's going on in the area. So, I mean, even though my dad is not going to do anything, he won't cooperate with them. I want them to be aware. So the guard said, look, there probably is CCTV, if not at the ATM nearest, we'll, we'll, we'd get the, the reg. And all I said, but my dad is not going to engage in this because, number one, he's petrified. He thinks that if he, if he does press charges, they'll be back to him. And number two, he's mortified. So he, he's, he's embarrassed, yeah, of yeah, course so he, he does, he does, He's kind of saying, look, I, I feel so think. sorry for him, Neil, or Keith. I just feel, I feel really sorry for him, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, it's just, 
look, myself, I, my, and I saw that that's every like almost every penny the man had for God's sake. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I mean, like he's not like he literally lives on a state pension. So like, yeah. he, you know, this is this is not a, and they and again, like he's from a very it's a three bed semi house in Finglas. It's very ordinary kind of community, and it's not a wealthy community. And they went into that community knowing the kind of person they were likely to find there, and and hitting them with a four hundred and fifty euro bill. You know, they knew very well that that was going to be an enormous amount of money for anybody living in that area. So these are not people who are targeting, you know, as I said, healthy people and wealthy areas, and they have some kind of like Robin Hood mentality. There's none, nothing to do with that. Oh, these well, you know, you know, these, these cowards. Are, I mean, if that, if that had been a big six foot two guy, you know, and thirty years of age, these cowards wouldn't have done that, and they, no, would, they wouldn't exactly. have even chanced it. But no, they, no, they, no, they no. will pick on older people. They do it all the time. If it's not tarmac, it's it's gutters or it's your chimney. Do you want your chimney cleaned or whatever it yeah. is? It's the same scam all the time. And and there's always the same result. They'll promise you a price of 50 or 60 quid just to get you to get them to do it. As soon as they get up there, they crack a few tiles on the roof usually and come back down and tell you you've broken tiles and you have to get them fixed. And then before you know it, some poor you know old man or old woman has a bill of four or 500 euro. I mean, it's absolutely shocking. Yeah, but what's okay. worse is is that they, they took this man, I mean, literally, I, I'm not going to say against his will, because embarrassing, I know it's embarrassing for him that he actually went, but mm. he was terrified. That's why he went. No, I think if you intimidate somebody to the point where they're in fear for themselves and you put them in a van and take them away somewhere, like, that to me is kidnapping. I mean, yeah, okay, absolutely. Fair, like, fair enough, okay, he willingly got into the van. But I mean, you know, but he didn't really have a choice. Under coercion, and you're yeah. and no choice. I don't think that's willingly getting into a no, van. no, no. He didn't. He didn't have a choice because if they're in the, the porch and they're bullying him for this money and telling him they want to bring him to an ATM machine, he's thinking to himself, "If I don't go, they're, they're going to do something to me here." Yeah. Well, I mean, he he won't, he fell one time in the house and uh, he he couldn't really get up, and we, he was found a while later, and uh, that terrified him that he couldn't get up and. Be, be, he was afraid that if they hit him, he'd fall down and he wouldn't be able to get up. So that's why he, he said, well, I thought well, at the very least if they're going to hit me outside the house, somebody might see me. So that's why I left the house. So, like, this is the kind of mentality that was running through him. And, like, it just, as I say, I just feel so angry, like, so enraged that, you know, th- that they would pick on him like this, you know? So, so you went down to the guards yourself anyway, and what, and what did the guards say? They're going well, to I rang them. them. I actually rang them this afternoon. And okay, said, Look, okay. here's the situation. Blah, blah, blah. I, and by the way, why, can I ask you, you said it happened on Monday, and he didn't tell you till today. He no, was, he he was embarrassed. And he, and he also didn't tell my other two brothers. I told my brothers today, and they were, I assumed that he told them. He didn't. And and he didn't, he said, and I, I said, well, what's going on? And he said, I don't mind you telling anybody, because he's just so embarrassed, you know? Uh, so uh, I don't know. It, no, no, I get it. I do get it. You know what I mean? That he's humiliated by it. He's, yeah, yeah. By, exactly by the way, I'm right. just looking at a text here. Colin the milkman, uh, who texts the show on a regular basis, says, "Now, if it's possible, I'd like to give that man the 450 back." Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you're a wonderful man, Colin. Thanks very much. Indeed. No, no. Uh, no but, I re- but, I really but he says, uh, no "I'm way. hopping mad listening to this. Yeah. I'm going to the funeral." He says, "Of three children in my town in Ratcool." Um, tomorrow morning where the whole community is devastated I'm helpless yeah. to do anything in my community tomorrow other than offer support but this is just too much and an old man to be taken advantage of like that yeah look I mean I really appreciate what your listener said there but myself and my brothers have already kind of you know recompensed him and sorted them out so he's okay yeah. for his money so, right. but it, thanks very much Colm yeah, I but I really it. appreciate that but it's, it's just it's more I suppose the reason I'm speaking to you is twofold number one I just really want people to be aware that this is a scam that goes on and you need to be just very 
I know it's terrible to be. Yeah, and I was going to say it's in the Finglas area, yeah. but you look, they're doing it everywhere. They, I mean, I'd wonder. Well, called my... on Twitter today telling me that there were two cases of the same scam in Stillorgan only last week. I had a guy so... called my door two weeks ago, Thursday afternoon, and he came to my door again. It was the gutters. Your gutters <laughs> look dirty. Would you like me to clean them? Yeah. Uh, and I said, you're grand. Because I... now, I don't think he would have chanced his arm at me. Now, I'm not mm. saying I'm a big fella or anything, but he knows I'm probably a bit more sensible. I think what they do is they just knock door to door until they hit somebody who's vulnerable. Yeah. I think you know, and it was the same line, by the way. I was in mm. your area and I noticed. It's yeah. always the same line, you know. I was in your area. And I, I think. I think because they said to him they were across the road and one of our neighbours doing the same thing. He trusted. Oh well, if they're there, if they, you know, if Fran is okay about it, I must be okay. But you know, so that, that that's a good tactic for them to use to get. To get uh, trust, way, can I point know? out there probably is some genuine people going around cleaning gutters. So yeah, I, of course. I want to be careful and say that, you know, be they mm. members of the travelling community or settled community, there probably is some genuine people. But it was your father did identify these as members of the travelling community. And the mm. very fact that, uh, look, the very fact that we're in his porch berating him and bullying him, to me, that's a criminal offence in itself. It's intimidation. Yeah, like it's just, uh, I don't know, I, I, I just, I feel as though we, we kind of, we're almost at the stage now where, like, I, obviously I'm quite emotional and angry about this no right now. As you can but at the same time, oh, it's I'd, almost want, like I'd want to kill somebody. I, that was my yeah, father. Yeah, but it's almost like we're not allowed to say that. I, I said this on Twitter today. Like, cause it, like there were, were, you know, three members of, as I put it, our indigenous nomadic tribe. Because I don't even know whether the loud say the word traveller would oh, get in no. trouble. Well, then, well, I mean, it's a fact. The fact of the matter is, they happen to be members of the travelling community. I don't think there's anything. There's nothing wrong with identifying that fact. Yeah, and, no, be, and people know this is a very a common problem. Yes, it's a statement of fact, and yes. like, and then I had people on Twitter like the, you know, saying oh, I shouldn't have even said that. I'm like, uh, why not? We have a guy who was who was chopped up and put in a bag in Kulak, and one of the gangs involved in that is a travelling gang, and we're not allowed to talk about that either. Yeah, like, like. The, no, I mean, there's now? no, there's no harm. I mean, I, I, I find it bizarre that we've become so politically correct. And, and I'll give you another example. There, there, there was, a, there was a story in one of the online, it was the Metro with the Journal. I can't remember last year, and it was a young girl. She was 15 years of age, and she'd gone missing, which was very sad, right? And there was a picture of her, and it says, "Gardy uh, described the girl as last seen wearing a blue jumper. She's about five foot one." Da 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 da. And I'm going, are they not going to say she's black? Yeah, yeah. Are they almost afraid to say? I mean, there's nothing wrong with saying she's black. No, because, because it helps people to identify the person. You know what I mean? Yeah, but these are physical descriptions that can help identify people. You know, yes. I mean, I, we've become so PC and correct that we're getting to the stage now where we're denying reality. It's like, it doesn't, like that doesn't mean that every traveller is the same. It just means that no. these particular travellers were conning your father and and berate them and bullying them at the door. And to be honest with you, you're absolutely right. It's almost like kidnapping a man. Like I mean, I grew I grew up in Finglas, obviously, and in my school uh, there were travellers who who were staying in the in, uh, you know who, who lived in the local uh, traveller uh, halting site and played yeah. football, got on yeah. well, had no problems. I mean, I would consider those guys pals from school. It's actually no issue. That's not the issue. The issue is that these guys were nasty fuckers. Yeah, if you don't mind me saying it, yeah. and they just happened to be crappy members of that community and there's no point in denying that the you know, crappy members of that community don't exist. Well look, there's, do. a, there's, a, there's a problem within the community and I know we've spoken to Martin Collins before about this from Pabby Point and you know the travelling community themselves would admit there's a problem within the community um, and that problem needs to be weeded out so as we can, so all the stigma stops, so as people stop referring to travellers in, in the general sense because most travellers are not bad people but unfortunately, there are individuals who are involved in crime, who are involved in these kind of scams, these door-to-door scams. If it's not gutters, it's tarmac or whatever it happens to be. And, you know, it has to stop. Well, you're not going to stop it if you don't acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the first step, yeah. you know. And okay. so, so that's, that's basically where, you know, 
I really just want to come on this evening just to point out to people this scam is going on. Okay, you really need to be aware of it. And okay, that's kind of where I want to go with. That. Okay, well, I hope I hope your dad is okay, and I, and I hope you know that he talks to the police. I, I know I can understand why he's afraid. I do understand because he was obviously terrified on Monday, so mm. he's probably even more afraid now if he says something that something will happen to him. And I, I understand that, and he's unwell. And I and by the way, I wish him well. I hope uh, you know. Yeah. I understand emphysema is not something that's curable, but certainly I hope he has a reasonably long, a few more years left in him anyway. I appreciate that. I appreciate All that. Right. You're very good. All right, Keith, listen, thank you very much indeed. Thanks appreciate very it. much. See there you go, Keith Redmond, former uh, Fingal councillor. Um, and that's the shocking story, isn't it? Can you imagine your mum or dad being berated in their porch um, and ballyragged for €450 Euro by, tra- by three members of the travelling community and then taking them out of the house but putting them in their van and bringing them down to an ATM machine to get money out. Somebody says, no, it's irrelevant if they're travellers. It's not irrelevant. That's how you identify them. So, you know, if it's a case that the Guardian are going to investigate it, well, it narrows it down, doesn't it? You know, it's like saying, I don't know, they were French. <laughs> if, they, if they happened to be French, you narrow it down. by ident- They had black hair. You know, they were six foot tall. It's part of identification, isn't it? But Jesus Christ, political correctness be arse. These individuals took this poor man and then left him. A man with emphysema who can barely walk 10 yards without getting out of breath. I remember my own mother, she passed away from emphysema many years ago. But for 15 years of her life, like that, she had oxygen. It ended up, my father used to have to push her around in a wheelchair and she had an oxygen machine in the wheelchair. She couldn't walk more than four or five foot and she'd be completely out of breath. Her lung capacity was down to 30%. And I'm just saying, imagine taking the man and then leaving him in the middle of the village to make his own way home. A man that's completely unwell. Absolute bastards. That's what they are. Bastards. And if anyone knows who these individuals are, please report it to Fingless uh, Garda Station if you know who these individuals are. There was three of them. He said one of them did have a Dublin accent, but the other two were very, were very clearly travellers. And they were obviously friends or whatever, working together. Um, the younger one, the better spoken of the, the three of them, the well, he certainly the, the less aggressive, he said, uh, came over and said that he would do it for €70. Euro. And then no sooner said than that done, five minutes later, they were looking for 450 quid. So if anyone's aware of who they might be, please get on to us. If you want to, we'll pass the information on to Keith or get on to Fingless Garda Station and let them know. Maria, you're our classic kid. Say to Maria. Hi, um, Niall? Yes. Hi, this is my very first time. I listen to you all the time, but I've never been... Um, so I'm a bit nervous. No, don't, I, don't be nervous. I'm like your best friend, Marie. And I have a sore throat. Um, I'll, I'll make it quick. Um, that story there just moved me and it rang alarm bells because last year the exact same thing happened to my brother. Oh, no. Uh, he has special needs and he lives beside me. And I just happened to accidentally um, arrive at, and heard him saying that he didn't have any money to this man so I went and asked what was going on when the man saw me approaching he got back in the van I asked my brother he said these men told me that they were working next door and that there was a problem with my roof my gutters and that it would be 70 or 80 euros that I would need to get done because if I didn't it could cause an accident and he would be in trouble so my brother told them that he didn't have any money on him and he said, well, just go and have a look. And my brother went in. No matter how many times we tell him not to open, he opened the door. And when when I arrived, 
one of those three men were attempting to go into my brother's hallway. Oh, no. I immediately rang the guards here in Cork. I gave the registration. It was a blue big van with three men. Um, I do believe they were travellers. I'm not picking them. There are the people who do it as well. But I do believe that these three men were an organised gang of travellers. Um, when I rang the guards, they told me I'd have to come over and make a statement. And I said I had no problem with that. But I wanted them to come out now while they were still in the area. And they wouldn't. So I went over there. I was furious. And they told me that the guard at the desk was able to tell me that the number I had given and the description I gave, they're a well-known traveller gang and they're up and down the country doing exactly the same thing to the vulnerable people. So, so the van was a blue van? It, was, it, it, wouldn't, it wasn't a Hyatt. It was like a Ducata or something like that. Okay, you know? all right, okay. It was navy blue. You know your vans, <laughs> right? Okay, yeah. No, I was so yeah. furious. Of course, you I... were trying. You were trying to take mental notes of everything. And with the registration, and don't give it to us on the air, okay? But was right. it was it an English or an Irish registration? Right now, to be honest, right now I can't remember that. Okay. But what I will tell you is that I distinctly got the registration. I was standing in front of the van, and when they saw me watching the number, they took off. Now, um. When I gave those details to the guards, they were immediately able to tell me that they would send out, um, what did they call it, an APB across to all units that if they came across this van, they would be stopped and what have you. Okay. Um, I would like you to tell that chap that you had on there. Keith, yeah, he's probably still listening, yeah. Right, that... That that should be that report from me should, should be, be on, on the pulse system. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So they should have um, Inspector Barry Barry McPollin is the man here in Anglesey Street, and I'm quite sure he he's a very very helpful man, and I'm almost certain that's what drove me to ring you. I I, I was. I know, it's, it's infuriating, never, I, isn't it? It's infuriating to listen yeah. to. And when I heard about the poor sick man being left on the side of the road, if I hadn't come on the scene, and it was a miracle, that man was gone into my brother's house. He was halfway in, and God only knows what he would have done to him inside in the house. No, he was just so lucky you came when you did, because I'm pretty sure they probably would have went into the house. Uh, he was halfway in. Yeah. So that's why I... And, and again, they took advantage of somebody that was in a vulnerable situation. You mentioned what, your brother has special needs. So he's in a vulnerable situation. Right, you know. but what I want to get across to you now, Niall, I said it to the lady there, Ashling. My worry is that they must be going around and they must be watching houses, the comings and goings of who's coming in and coming out. Because that man was living alone my brother is living alone. And how do they know this? They must be coming out in the day and the night, parking and watching who's coming in and out of the houses. So they're looking for vulnerable people. And yes. that's, the mo- yeah. that's the most sinister part for me. Somebody else mentions here, Niall, a couple of lads doing the same thing last week in Ballyfermot, driving an English Reg Toyota. 
And that's why I asked you, by the way, was it an English Reg? I can't yeah. remember, was it a Limerick or a Dublin Reg? Oh, yeah. But all I know is that Inspector McPollin at Anglesey Street Guard Station is a very helpful man. And I made that report. I'll give you my name and address if you want it. Well, not on the air, don't. No, no, no. But you can ring me and I will give you. And that would be on their computer there. And they would have the number of that van. Right, okay, okay. Well, if Keith's still listening, maybe uh, maybe they are a gang that go up and down the country, as I said, they, they go are. from Dublin to Cork and everywhere else doing it. They you are, know. yeah. Yeah, obviously. And they, the guards were able to tell me who they, they were. were. Yeah. Yeah. So they'd obviously had numerous reports about the same gang before. Yeah, but they're still operating. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it seems so. That's. I mean, you, you heard the 450 euro they got him to take out of the bank. But what really struck me there, because to tell you the truth now, it's not a good time for me to be on the radio. I have a bit of laryngitis. But when that man was speaking, first he said about the 70 euro and the gutter. Then he said about they were walking across the road. Yeah, the same and line, I, same, the same ex- MO, yes, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And I thought, my God, it's the same gang. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I completely yeah. agree with you. Listen, thank you very much indeed for sharing that with us and uh, I'll pass your information on to Keith if he wants it. Um, and, and if you want to ring me privately, I'll give you my name and address okay. uh, that you can give to the guards here in Cork and they'll have it on the okay. record. All right, okay, I'll do that. All right, listen, thank you very much and, uh, for your cooperation. That was wonderful. All right, thanks. All right. Bye. There you go. Bye. A lot of people, by the way, texting in uh, similar stories. Um, a gang of three guys, somebody else says, not exactly the same thing happened to my mother. A gang of three guys uh, come over and told her they had noticed, they were working in the area and noticed that her gutter was loose. And um, again, they tried to get into the house. Um, luckily enough, um, I came along at the time, so similar to Maria. Uh, he came along, wherever this person is, or maybe it's a she. Uh, I came along and uh, they quickly made their exit. Um, absolutely shocking. Absolutely shocking. Something else that's so stupid for people to say uh, it's irrelevant. It narrows a wide population down to a smaller population based on accent, colour, culture, appearance. People are stupid. Yeah, absolutely. Of course you have to point it out. If the, the man identifies them as members of the travelling community, there's nothing wrong with saying that. It's perfectly acceptable. It doesn't mean that every member of the travelling community is a scam artist knocking on doors looking to fix gutters. It just means those three were. And we can identify them a little bit quicker rather than identifying them out of five million people. <laughs> So there's nothing wrong with saying it. Niall, you're absolutely right. Bastards, that's exactly what they are. Mm. They are. They're vermin. They're actually gutter vermin, is what they are. They're the lowest form of life. Most of these, by the way, are unintelligent morons. Um, I've seen more intelligent things lying at the bottom of ponds on their backs. Um... Some of the gangs, um, well, he mentions here, some traveller gangs have a code and sent out spotters with a map to scope houses. Then they mark the houses with A, alarm, C, camera, D, dog, and P for pensioners. And by the way, can I point out, because it would be only fair of me to say that there are people from the Zettel community too who scam people, by the way, as well. But yes, but these gangs that go around doing the gutters or the tarmac, um, you know, generally speaking, they're after one thing and that's to scam somebody, usually vulnerable people. Uh, there probably are people who do genuinely good jobs at tarmac and fix gutters, um, but I haven't come across any of them. Any jobs that I've ever heard done by people who knock at your door are usually an ulterior motive of some description, usually trying to get money or to rob you in some way, shape or form. But I mean, I think, I hope Keith's father um, takes it further. Um, I know the man is very embarrassed, uh, but what happened there is a serious crime as far as I'm concerned. 
Keith is right. It's almost similar to kidnap. You know, it really is. I know you're not sorry for saying it. Um, I won't be reading that one out, unfortunately. Uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. Uh, the number is 087 Now, it kind of then leads me on, doesn't it? To the question we were talking about today and about, and we talked to Anthony today about religion. And Anthony is convinced that because religion is waning in this country, we're now down to a level of 48% of people claim they're religious versus probably 90% 50 years ago or 100% nearly 50 years ago would have been religious. Um, that I suppose, well, factually crime hasn't risen really that much. Some crime has, but most serious crime like murder and manslaughter and all those hasn't actually risen. Um, we hear about it more. That's all that happens because of social media and news and journalism and everything else and more newspapers and more online material. We read about crime a lot more. But generally the world is a safer place. But in saying that, um, there's definitely a change in society and there's a disrespect for authority, particularly for young, from young people. Not all young people, uh, but a lot of them have a complete disrespect for authority. And Anthony believed that that was directly due to the fact that we don't have religion and he believed religion was there to control people somewhat morally. And he believes because we've lost our religion, lost our faith, we're losing our way morally. I want to know if you agree with him. Is Ireland a safe place? Do you believe Ireland is a safe place? Now, it was voted the 10th safest place out of 160, 163 countries. Ireland also comes in the top 10 for the last 11 years. Ireland has the 11th lowest homicide rate in Europe and the 23rd lowest in the world. And that's good, isn't it? That's a good thing. Even though I know you're hearing a lot about murders lately, but realistically, we're only hearing them because they happen together at the same time, which is very sad. But in saying that, overall, we have less murders now. For example, the, the highest murder rate we had was in 2007, believe it or not. And we had 78 murders in one year. That was the highest rate we've ever had. Um, the lowest rates probably go back a long time ago. Um, but, uh, for example, in 2003, we had 36 murders. And in 2016, which is the CSO statistics of the last year we'd have, because they were done in 2017, will be 2016, we had 37 murders. So it's only a difference of one. In between that time, in 2006, 60 murders, 2007, 78 murders, 2008, 51. So, in fact, the murder rate is actually going down and not up, contrary to popular belief. Now, I'd like to see what it was over the last 12 months because it's probably reasonably high because we've heard of quite a few. But we do. The problem is when we have a murder in Ireland, we all know about it because it's a small country. We're like a little village, aren't we, really? So when we have a tragedy and somebody is killed, you know, particularly in a tragic way, we, we hear about it and we all know about it. So it kind of makes us feel a little bit uneasy. Let me know what you think, by the way. Do you believe Ireland is a safe place? Billy, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Billy? Niall, how you doing? Niall, just before you go on, the lady was on there, and go, yeah, asked her about the number plates. You should have just asked her, well, she, you didn't obviously want the, uh, the number, but uh, you should have asked them where they're yellow. That yeah, they're yellow. yellow. That's right, yeah, where they're yellow. British or Northern Irish, you know? Yeah, yeah. But uh, she surely would have noticed the yellow colour. But getting back to the crime, yeah, okay, murders are down, and uh, so are manslaughter and everything, but uh, no, crime is, got, uh, it's not safer. That's a no-brainer. It's total madness out there. Mayhem, the People aren't reporting crimes. They're like, like, there's more assaults now than ever. There's more burglaries. There's more robberies. There's more shoplifting. I could go on here on uh, my own bike as well. Twice I've had bikes robbed now in the last couple of years, and I'm not buying another one again. 
uh, and the good luck on them both times. And people just not reporting them now. The uh, crime's going through the roof. Well, how old are you, Billy, by the way? I'm 52 now. Okay, so when you were a young fella, the population is probably twice now what it was when you were a young fella. Mm-hmm. So, so logically, you should have twice the amount of crime. Yeah, so we don't we have about four times the Do you, do you think so? Because if you look at the stats, of course I think so. Now, now you, you're going by you're going by people that are convicted, yeah. Yeah, that, well, that's what the stats would be based yeah, well, on. Well, convictions. Well, yeah. well, I'm going by the people, the scumbags that are fucking out with 60, 70 convictions. Like, I work in the security game, there's people robbing all the time. And then they get caught, you bring them up to the office, you bring them whatever, the cops come, they go with the car, they get away with it. And it's rampant bicycles. I don't know how many bicycles go missing in this town every week. Mm-hmm. Thousands. And people don't just go to the guys anymore. You don't report them. And that gentleman that was robbed there for 450 years, there's no reason whatsoever why them scumbags can't be found. There's CCTV all over this town. The Gardaí, if they really wanted, they can sit down, they can trace that van going onto one road, going onto another road. There's no reason why them scumbags can't be caught. No, I, I, I completely agree with you. There isn't, because he had to go to the ATM machine, and I'm sure there must exactly. be cameras in there. Yeah. And they'll see him going onto this road, that road. Yeah. That should be followed through, like they do. I see programs in England. They, they, uh, they just look, look for where you bought something. If you bought a tool and uh, hardware, they look to see their, their batch code. They piece one thing together and another thing together. I know that story really made me very angry. Yeah, I, I, if I, I found the three of them, if I, you know, they need the head kicked off them. That's what they need. Yeah, the but I, I don't know what you live beside. Uh, uh, what people need to do is look out for uh, uh, all their neighbours, elderly neighbours, especially if people are working in the vicinity. You need to look out for your neighbours. I need to look out for elderly people in case scumbags like that try to do our neighbours. You know. So what, what do you think of this story that every year the Institute of Economics and Peace? Uh, they're an Australian think tank, carefully analyse 163 countries to determine how peaceful countries are. And based, they use what they call a global peace index. And they say that Ireland, now it's based, by the way, on corruption, terrorism, uh, crime, weapons, prison systems. Right. And that Ireland, you know, for the last 11 years has come in the top 10 as the safest that's, place that's, to live. Well, that is a bit crazy because, like, we don't have any terrorism here. We, we, we did. Well, we well, did well, that's the, well, that's the point, isn't it? We don't have yeah. any weapons. We don't have any terrorism. No, so um, how do we get in the top ten? Like, I, I could name well, ten well, in well, the countries well, like, straight away right now. We that's get only in the, the Middle East, and we, then I haven't even come to South America. Like, well, we get, uh, in the, then, we get into the top ten based on the, your, your, I suppose, the possibility of you being the victim of a crime. God, well, uh, victim of crime, but... Uh, uh, well, normal crimes, but not terrorism. I don't know how we got up to ten, but... Uh, there's much more crime now, and there's so much not reported. People don't bother when their house is robbed a lot of time. Money for insurance purposes, they do. But uh, you know what I mean? And mm. these people that there's brought no, Yeah, there's never any convictions for burglary. No, no, exactly. There's no convictions for mugging. There's no convictions for robbing your phones. You see what goes on in Temple Bar all the time. You know you know what, what nationality robbed the phones, and you know yourself. They're, they're an organization. It's, a, it's, it's organized begging and all that and they rub your phones they rub your property if you don't look at you, you keep an eye on your property and it's, it's organised and uh, there's so many assaults and as I said there's so many bikes there's so many robberies there's so many shoplifting so many assaults just doesn't get uh, people don't get uh, jail for them uh, they just revolve in door Right okay we'll stay there and let me just go to Gareth as well Gareth you're on Classic Kids how you doing Gareth? Good evening good in yourself now Good Now Gareth you're from South Africa um, yeah. originally uh, are you li- yeah. you're living in Ireland yeah? Well, yeah, I've been the last four and a half years, and uh, well, just just to give, like I said, uh, um, you know, it's I would say it's a very safe place, actually, in the sense like now you said there your statistics of eighty six murders for the one year that was a high count. No, that was seventy eight. 
Oh, 78. Sorry, yeah. sorry, 78. That was in 2007, yeah. Yeah, the, the, now, that's currently about the murder rate a day in South Africa. Yeah, you know? I know, well, I, I, I understand that, but you can't, that's no, a bit no, of what about you. It's a lot, yeah. larger country, like you say yeah. now, it's a small country and all that. So, but I, I'll put it down to, it sounds a lot more, how can I say, violent and a lot more crime is around. But it is not actually, you did write in saying that there's social media that is on the big upcome. Yeah, we're aware of everything. Of we're, yeah, we're, we we're aware of everything that happens. Whereas forty years ago, we wouldn't have been aware of what no, was happening. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Uh, a, a silly example of the, uh, the the uh, the person that got uh, cut up and burnt and all that. Um, very tragic. Very yes. sad story. Uh, I would wish it upon no one. But you have the scenario of that is all over the media. Covered on Facebook. It's covered on. Twitter, it's covered on normal news. So you don't have just one platform of news, which you're getting it from. You've got multiple platforms. You can't so avoid therefore, it, yes. Therefore, one small incident even would be major news. I mean, um, and, and let, me, let me just, Billy, that's a very fair point. For example, tonight yeah. on the show, we spoke to former councillor Keith Redmond about his dad and the yeah, incident. Yeah, in, that, yeah. that was actually okay. very tragic. I would, yeah. I would now, say, honestly, there, I am appalled by the people that should do something like that because yeah. that's inhumane. Okay, and the, and the point I'm trying to make is, Billy, you would never know about that if it wasn't, no. say, for re- this radio show. or And yeah. I wouldn't know about it if it wasn't for social media because Keith no, had put but, it on. So the point is, Billy, we, we're, those kind of crimes were happening 40 or 50 years ago. We just yeah. didn't really hear about them. I don't know. But what about... I know we didn't have the dart 40 years ago. No, we didn't. But I'm just saying, what about when we had the train? Like, you go from Donnelly to Bray. Uh, Bray. There, there was no people being attacked on the trains then. And the, there was, when we had the buses, you're going on the buses. There's no people being attacked on the bus. You can't go anywhere without being attacked. You go on the train, you're on the Lewis. It's just mayhem. It's constant antisocial behaviour. You know what I mean? Okay, but you see, and, I, and I accept what Billy is saying, Gareth, you know, that yeah. it, it may not be serious crime, public order problems, usually, generally speaking, yeah. you, know, uh, you know, little scuts acting the maggot. That, no, no, no. that but, maybe, maybe we've, we've lost uh, a sense of authority. No, no it, it definitely has. Look, look uh, I, w- I would fully agree with what was said there by yourself now in the sense that you have a scenario as well now where you a little bit more, I would say, undisciplined teens and youngsters. And when I say youngsters, I'm talking about somebody that's still under the age of 21, 22. Because to me, that's still a person that is also still finding his maturity or her maturity and still figuring out what life is actually going to happen with him. You know, and uh, I would say those people having unsocial behavior... Yes, once again, you have somebody filming it on social media and that. Now, I, I understand what he says there with the trains and that. Um, and I would say, but it would mostly be hardworking people back in the day that would be on the train. You know, you, your, your youngsters of back in the day, where we also played in the dirt and the mud, rather. Whereas today, they're so involved with their technology, that yeah, they're yeah. on the trains, they're on the darts, nothing else better to do but... But, but cause trouble, things. yeah. Well, well, yeah. I, I, I agree with you because years ago, like I would have been in the eighties, I wouldn't be on the train. Yeah, I'd be playing football. I'd be doing whatever, playing this or playing that. But uh, the people, yeah. when he said they've nothing better to do, I don't agree with that. They've they've loads of stuff to do. There's loads of clubs oh, yeah, and there's no, loads no, no, of no. Like, I, I, I think yeah, I think maybe that was a bit out of context for myself. But, yeah. 
I, I mean, so, sorry, Gareth, what part of South Africa did you live in? <laughs> Johannesburg, uh, well, it was, a, it was a suburb of Johannesburg, Benoni. And, and was that a dangerous place at the time when well, you were there? Not, I won't say extremely, but in the 12 to 14 years that I did live there, I, I was the victim of being uh, uh, more than once. Mm-hmm. Um, I was held up by gunpoint, so... Yeah, no, it's, it's it's stuff that happened there to me in the 14 years that I lived there that wouldn't even happen to a person in his lifetime here in Ireland. That's why I say I feel it's a very safe country, but I'm taking that in retrospect of where I've come from. Yeah, and well, I mean, I could pick more dangerous countries as well than South Africa as well. There's so many other dangerous countries out there. Stay there, please, Gareth Billy. I've got to take a break. Uh, you can keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number's 87 We're asked about religion, because I suppose that was the conversation we had today. And just on that note, sorry, Gareth, I know you're still there. Um, <laughs> do you believe that the fall-off in, in the belief of religion has any connection whatsoever to do with the way society has changed and children or, well, teenagers have a lack of respect? Um... To be dead honest, uh, like I, uh, I've said, I've been on the show before, and I said I, I am actually Christian, not Catholic Christian, but um, I am Christian. Um, and I, I do believe that they do need some kind of belief system or moral values, you know. Can you give? Like, can you not instill moral values in a child without having religion? No, you can. You can. I mean, that is down to the fact of how you... How you raise your child. Raise them and the, the lessons and the... I would say the the moral values you try and install in them. I mean, at the end of the day, kids are growing up a lot faster thanks to the modern technology and society we have of today. Yeah, I think you know, they, so they, I think they, they have too much information, if you ask me. But however, that's it. Yeah, no, I fully agree with you. Actually, I mean, my daughter's eight year old, and she's finally now only really gotten her own devices and stuff that she's allowed to use to watch YouTube with and that. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've tried to put it off as long as possible, but we're all the cousins have devices and that, you know, so... You, 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 can't, you, you should be left out. Sorry, sorry Billy, yeah. Billy, are you religious? Uh, no, no, I used I mean, to go to Mass yeah. when I was younger, of course, I was forced. You know, but I mean, no, the point to... I was making, and Anthony made this today, that's, you know, he thinks that 30 or 40 years ago, we were all kind of controlled somewhat by the Catholic Church, so we were told what we could and couldn't do. Um, and, you know, I mean, do, no. do you think there's any relevance in that at all, that, you know, the fact that we're not as religious now, that we no. kind of... None at Our all. moral values have changed? None at all, no. There's a right and a wrong way, and then uh, the right way is right, not, okay. get into, no, no, not get into trouble. You know, uh, my kids are yeah. like your own, Nile. They, they're all working, and they're, they don't be in trouble because I brought them up the way my mother and father brought me up, which was, wasn't was a bad way, I thought. The only difference is I didn't give get uh, give my kids the belt. I got the belt a few times, so, but yeah. uh, I wouldn't... <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't. I don't have I got, any, the, I got the slipper. Yeah, I don't <laughs> yeah. have any psychological scares over. I, uh, yeah. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, made me what I am now, and uh, what I didn't do with my kids, but uh, I certainly disciplined them, and they're all grand. Yeah, and say, by the way, in South Africa, Garrett, did, did you get the slipper in the belt every now and again? Oh, South African mom used anything she could reach. Yeah, <laughs> my, yeah, yeah, my mother used to take, she had a, like a bamboo cane that she used to keep her plant, her little potted plant in the front room. The bamboo cane would be removed in one fell swoop and across the back of your legs. And yeah, sorry. Now, yeah, go ahead, Billy. Now, I just want to make one more part, uh, <coughs> point. The reason why as well is a lot, a lot unsafer now in the, in the country uh, is because it's the past government's fault. I won't mention any parties because no point because they're all said. But uh, it's going back to 2008. Like they, the first thing they done was cut guard stations, close them down. Like 
could guard the numbers like you you never touch that no matter what the economy is yeah. like. So what the Gardaí are doing now, they're doing a great job, but they're just so understaffed. They're basically chasing their tail. Yeah, uh, c- control uh, crimes out of control now because. There is, because there back. isn't enough guards there to actually yeah, chase and the that's crimes. not their fault, Niall. That's the government's fault. I'm making no mistake about it. It's the government's fault. And as a result, the streets are not safe anymore. And I don't know whether Gardaí... I'm not talking about murders in other like that. I'm talking about uh, all the other crimes. Yeah, yeah, the, the public order problems And that I don't we know whether we're ever going to get on top of it again. Okay, well, so, well sorry, sorry you were trying to say something there, Gareth. Yeah, right, Gareth, sorry. yeah no, 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 I, I fully agree with... Um, I... I I would say the guards do a very good job in that, but I mean, if you think about in, in context, even a small town in South Africa would have a, a quite a large guard presence. Uh, yeah. presence yeah. You know, um, and even there, I mean, crime is still heavy, and it's still happening. You know, so I, I would say I don't think the number of guards would be a big factor to not crime happening, but at least there will be more prevention towards it. Absolutely, but I think it is, and I mentioned many times that you know when I was a kid and you'd see guards walking around on the beat, which you don't really see as much now because there isn't just isn't enough of them to do it anymore. It would deter people maybe from wanting to commit a crime. Now, well, let me just go to Anna. Anna, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Anna? Hi, how's it going? Good, Anna. I mean, do you think Ireland is a safe place? For the majority, yes. Okay. Um. I think crime's more highlighted now because a lot of them are more connected and we read more and there's more like more impact on social media and stuff like that and minor stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the world is a lot more dramatic than what it used to be. Like, my dad was a guard. Yeah. And, like, he remembered, like, the riots in Shamrock Street in the 50s where they were out of bicycle chains and bottles and... Like, so, no, stuff happened back in the day. It was just... We didn't really hear about it as much. We didn't hear about it, and maybe mm. not everybody bought the newspaper, and maybe not everybody listened. Maybe it didn't even make RTA back in the day, you yeah, know. B- yeah, because, of course, we only had one television station, and we had two newspapers. That was exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, like, everything back, like, beyond, like, the 19, 19, like, 90s was swept underneath the carpet, and... It was sort of all hushed up and everything. And you, do you, it says on my screen here, you think there's a connection between poverty and crime. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, mm. we saw poverty. And I'm not saying crime will disappear because it will always be great. But, but we would have had more. We would have, If you go back 70 years ago, we would have had a lot more poverty in Ireland than we have now. Yeah, we hadn't got access to our kids earning two, three hundred quid a day by selling a bag of coke on the corner, though, had they? Well, this is it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know, drugs, so, drugs. Uh, yeah, you look. You're right. Drugs has created a big problem, obviously. And then, obviously, on top of that, they see the lifestyle, like of all these people on Instagram, and they want that. And um, like, no, like, why shouldn't they want it? You know, like if it's normal for this other person, why shouldn't they think it could be in their normality as well? Yeah. So when, you, when you, someone in fourteen year old sees the eighteen year old with, you know, the best designer clothes and he's not working and he's selling drugs and he has a new car and everything, exactly. he wants that. Yeah. You know, like so, like you know, I'm not saying it's influence. Like you know, there's influences how we were and parents are influences. And I'm a parent, and I have four kids and sit on the table like that. But mm-hmm. it's up, and um, that's not down to a church. Um, we're atheists, and they were not brought up in any church in any way, shape, or form. No, what's brought down to is good guidance in life, and like you know, that's morally wrong. 
Yeah, I mean, you don't need religion to tell you not to steal. Yeah. Or not, I know they're in the commandments, but those before the commandments even came about, it was wrong. There, you know, yeah. it was morally wrong in society to and steal, to kill, or all those things. Or wouldn't be yeah. to sit down and have a conversation with each other about right and wrong. Yeah. You know? Okay, well, but stay, stay there because I want to go to Michael as well. Michael, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Michael? Um, oh, hold on, Michael. I just switch it on there. Sorry, turn you on. Michael, how are you doing? Well, so sturdy. Good. Michael, Ireland, is it a safe place now? Is it safer than it was, say, 50 years ago? Depends on what part. Well, in the middle of the population has almost doubled in 50 years. So, you know, I mean, well, it actually has doubled in 50 years. Uh, we're nearly at 5 million people now. Yeah. I mean... It's it's more open now than it was in the past, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an echo there on my. I'm sorry about that, but it, yeah, there's nothing I can do about it, Michael. Unfortunately, All right, cool. okay. Um, I mean, if you think of the past, right, there was a lot more secretive stuff going on. Like you couldn't do today what you did then. Like you couldn't sexually abuse tens of thousands of kids and, you know, walk around with their head held high and be a bastion of society kind of thing. That yeah, because that sort of stuff went unreported at the time, yeah. Yeah, that can't go on anymore, you know. Yeah. Um, the so-called pillars of society, you know. Um, I it's, I think it's changed. I think there is... Yeah, so you, had, you had men coming home baiting their wives and all sorts of carry-on years ago, and that sort of stuff is not acceptable anymore in society. Now that, that gets put down as being a crime. We accept that as a crime. We accept sexual abuse of children as a crime. It didn't seem to be a crime, you know, going back 50 years ago. It, these pillars of society, as you said, got away with it because of the power they had. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I think re- religion keeps us infantile. That's my belief about religion. I don't think religion is a saviour for anyone. I don't think the Christianity and Islam, these are Middle Eastern things. They don't belong here. We had our own thing before they came here. You know, I think... Well, we had Catholicism, yeah. Yeah, if we're going to grow up, like, as a species, religion has to go. Um, Governments have to go. But did did religion, I mean, this is the point Anthony was trying to make today, I didn't personally agree with it, but he, he makes the point that religion kind of held us all together, so to speak. I don't agree because... I don't... I, like they, they, they instilled morals, maybe. Well, they forced their own version of morals on people. No, I think religion came in at one stage and imposed itself upon us. It came in with ferociousness and it butchered us, killed us, tortured us, enslaved us uh, for for hundreds of thousands of years and it beat us. It beat well, religion us is still there, by the way. When you're saying that like it's past tense, by the way. Religion is still there. It beat, it beat us into submission to the point where we, we think it's all that ever was. And it's only a new thing. We, we go back a long time. I think, like... When you you look at what religion hides from us, if you look at, at the Vatican and stuff, they have like, they have the real history of Earth and stuff hidden down in their basements, and there was kind of um, oxygen proofed kind of museums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now. yeah. You know, they're they're hiding from us who we really are, and they know they are. And we, in our hearts, if we really looked into history, we'd figure that out too. Like so, religion can go jump off a cliff, as far as I'm concerned. I don't think. It's an infantile thing for infantile people. Like, so do you do you believe no do you believe do you believe that people who are religious lack intelligence? Is that what you're trying to say? No, I think they've submitted their intelligence. 
We're all intelligent. They just submitted. Well, I, well, I know Richard, Richard Dawkins said that once, said that people who were religious lacked intelligence. Well, or who I believed in God no. lacked intelligence. We're all, we all, we're all capable of greatness. Every one of us. I just think some people have handed that power over to religion. I don't agree with that. Okay, well, 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 hang on. Let me go to Eddie. Eddie, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Eddie? Yeah, uh, not too bad at all, Lyle. Okay, you're, you're religious. I am very religious. I believe I go to Mass simply Sunday. Right, okay. And, and, and do, you, do you think the fact that people are not as religious now as they would have been, say, 50 years ago? 50 years ago, 99% of the population were obsessed. We used to go to church on a Sunday and all those kinds. Now, the, the, according to the latest stats, only 48% of people claim to be religious. In Ireland, that is. So, do you yeah. believe that downfall in the faith, do you believe that has had a knock-on effect on the well, morals think, of society? Uh, I think that uh, people are disillusioned with white-collar crime. Right. And just uh, saying to themselves, why should we go to church when all the crime is pre- committed by white colour people? Well, well, it is. So but people are disillusioned quite a bit. But what, like the bankers and the. The bankers and. The, the people the top brass, yeah. So forth. Well, they're equally as guilty. The men in the suits are equally as guilty as the fellow in the tracksuit when it comes to yeah, crime. Yeah, but they don't seem to be prosecutors. Hmm. Well, yes, they're less likely to be prosecuted, probably, because, well, they, have, I, because they have the money to pay for good representation and get away with they it. Have, they have, yeah, and uh, I've always uh, listened to people that cut uh, down religion and uh, it's an excuse to turn into something else. What were they? I mean, okay, take me as an example, Eddie. I, I've no belief in religion whatsoever. I don't yeah, believe Yeah, I it. often pray for you, actually. Well, I don't need you to pray for me, I grant. But, Eddie, yeah. I, I respect the fact that you're religious. I, do, I don't disrespect you, but I don't have to respect your religion. So yeah. I don't believe in your religion. So what, what does that, does, how does that make me different to you or less of a person than you? I'm just curious. But I'm not, I'm not being smart. I'm just actually curious. Yeah, well, it does make you less a person because uh, in the eyes of religion, there's always hope for somebody. There's always hope for me, is there? There is, yeah. Is that, is, that, is that not a bit patronising? No, not really, no, no. Uh, there's, there's always... Um, uh, I know, and I know you have the best... I, Eddie, I know you don't mean many badness and you have the best intentions, but, but yeah. is it not a bit patronising when people say to somebody who's not religious, you know, well, sure, God will... I'll pray for you and sure, God will be good to you or on your deathbed or whatever yeah, it happens. Yeah. I mean, or you'll turn to God in the end, which I probably won't. That's uh, right, yeah. But, yeah but, but, I, but I don't believe in it, Eddie. So why does it make... Like, if a, if a young fella at 17 or 18 doesn't believe in God and doesn't believe in religion, why is he different to a young fella that does if he's been brought up properly, I'm, I'm saying? You know what I mean? Well, it's a good argument to make and uh, it's very hard to answer it. It's the belief you have in yourself. Mm. And... Uh, we try and spread it as much as possible. Like I, I'm living at the moment. I have a lodger with me, right? And he's a, he's a Muslim, right? I respect his religion, right? And and he respects and yours. He, he he does. Yeah, he goes up to his room and he prays. Right. Okay. And and uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I I've never tried to turn him to my religion. And you ever sit down and have a bit of a, a debate with him? No, I wouldn't because. Uh, that, I went to not, I went to not once and I but, but, but isn't isn't that isn't that the whole confusion about religion? So if the two of you are sitting around the breakfast table, right? He, yeah. He believes in one God, you believe in a different one, right? Yeah, yeah. Only because of where he was born, I'm assuming. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He was he's Morocco. 
Okay, so if he was born in Ireland, he'd believe in your God, and if you were born in Morocco, you'd believe in his. That seems a bit silly, doesn't it? When you think about well, it. Well, it is a bit silly, but we have respect for each other. Right. It's, well, okay, but um, Michael, you've been listening to Eddie there, you know. He's going to say a prayer for me. <laughs> he probably has. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and he believes that religion, or, you know, the lack of religion has a role to play in the rise of, you know, bad behaviour, bad morals, and crime. Well, that's his belief. Mm-hmm. It is. You no, know, <laughs> we don't know what to say. I mean, you can't talk to religious people. Well, you can. Like talk I'm to talking to Eddie, am I? I know, but you, you'll never... They're, they're going to come from the one place all the time. They're not going to, like, ever change their mind. Or, you're not going to have an open conversation. No, I would they're, be like that. I'm very broad-minded. No, yeah, he's... Religious the... people... No, but you're, see, you're not. You're, see, you're being deceptive with yourself now because you're coming from the place of you want to convert everybody. Even I don't know. No, well, no, no, I, no I don't. I don't think he's trying to convert everybody. He 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 understands. He listens to the show all the time, and he knows I'm probably the biggest atheist on the media. So he and he still listens and enjoys the show. So I do, yeah. yeah so that, that that Michael that says tells to me that he's open minded. Well, so you've heard you've heard the things I've said about religion, for God's sake. <laughs> I know, but see, sure, I was in the pa- right? It was actually in the paper today. Did you read the article in the Irish Times today? I'll read, I'll read the headline here for you. Irish Times. Today's Irish Times. Where is it gone here now? Uh, yeah, okay. Today's Irish Times. And it says, headline, BAI rejects complaint over Boylan's satanic rosary remark. <laughs> because I said on radio that I was at a particular funeral. I was talking about a particular funeral. And I said, yep. not all funerals are like that, but most of them are lovely, right? But at this particular funeral, it, it almost seems satanic the way people were chanting. And I, I felt very uncomfortable as it. And well, I spoke, yeah, you have a point. You have a point, though. Yeah, but and I got a complaint. It was the the, the Association of Catholic Bishops uh, complained well, to the Broadcasting Authority. Complained. They they, well, the, Martin Long, it was, made the complaint, and he wanted me to apologise on the air, or he was going to complain. So I refused to apologise. Good on you. So he complained, but now thankfully the BAI accepted my explanation that it was a personal experience, and they rejected his complaint, which, which was very nice of them. Imagine they, ran, imagine they ran with it. That would be hilarious, wouldn't it? Well, I don't mind. I get publicity anyway. Thanks to Martin Long, by the way, from the Association <laughs> of Catholic Bishops, because you just got me a, a full page in the Irish Times. There you go. <laughs> and uh, me name in lights again. So, well, that's, that's what it's all about. Here, here's the thing, right? Yep. Here, here's, here's the thing, right? And I'm not, I'm not picking a fight with Eddie or anyone. No, no, no. Eddie, no. Eddie sounds like a really nice guy. I'd love to sit down and, and chat over a table to Eddie for hours. I could talk to the man for hours. Yeah, good, good. And I, I respect him. But I don't yeah. have to respect his religion. Do you understand what I'm saying? That, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I respect him. And I won't push it, down your, push it down your throat either. No. Yeah, but just because you're not being Bible bashing, it doesn't mean that that's not where you're coming from. You could be like a gentle, placid converter, or you could be the <laughs> Bible basher. It's well, I, yeah, but I wouldn't be converted unless I was vulnerable. Yeah. You know, they turn up the dial of what, where you're coming from, but you're coming from the exact same place as the guy bashing the Bible, or the guy who comes up to you on a country and he says you're going to burn. And you know, this guy, the guy that comes up to you when you're outside the Savoy, the ginger fella, and he comes up and he he just walks up and pops in front of your face and he says you're going to die and all this kind of thing. Like, or who's the other lad at Abbey Street who wants to do a personality test with you all the time? Remember that was yeah. a Scientologist. Yeah. yeah, what, yeah. Eddie, what do you think of that old Scientology thing? Well, it's very. Uh, it's very deep, really. A spaceman came down. A spaceman came down, yeah. Okay, yeah. so a bloke from the skies came down, and now he's their god. 
That's it a bit. Is that, is, that, is that a bit far fetched? Do you think? It is a bit. Okay. Is it le- yeah. is it any less far fetched than a man in the sky building a planet in seven days? Well, it would be. Uh, do you think so? I think so. Yeah. But do you not think it's a bit far fetched that a fella in the sky built the Earth in seven days? Is that not far fetched? Well, because I I don't know. The it, point it, I'm making is. I have to laugh, and again, I have no disrespect for you personally as a person. I have to laugh when I hear people who are religious having a go at Scientology and saying, ah, did you ever hear the like of it? They worship a spaceman who came down from space, an alien from space. And I go, well, yeah. hold on a second. You worship a lad in the sky that no one's ever seen that was supposed to build the Earth in seven days. So yeah. what's, which is worse? So there's well, no difference, really, is there? We must respect all people's viewpoints. Right. And if we accept everybody's viewpoints, We'll be more considerate within ourselves. Yeah, I, I, I do respect everybody's viewpoint, unless, unless they harm other people. Well, stay there, please, Eddie, and stay there, Michael. Let me go to Pauline, getting back to Ireland and it being a safe place or not. Pauline, is this a safe place? No, I don't think so. I don't think it, it's anything like it was years ago. I think it's, um, I don't think everybody's aware of an awful lot more, like you were saying, through social media and that kind of thing. Mm. But um, I never heard my parents speak about things that. I know are happening around me today and I don't even listen to the news a lot of the time. Most of what I hear is on your show now. Yeah, well, I'm, so. gl- I'm glad to hear that, by the way. <laughs> but I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't use my show just as your source of news, mind you. No, I don't. I'm not really interested in the news or in people's opinions. But um, yeah, I think things have changed enough for that because um, in the schools and, I mean, the commandments and that kind of thing, they're not thought anymore and as far as I understand it, take, I don't think so well, we were never taught to read the Bible we were told what the commandments were we had catechism, we were not told things that are in the Bible that I know now and that's because I read um, and did you read the know, Bible? I do now but I didn't as a Roman Catholic did you, so did, did you read the Old Testament or the New Testament? Which, which both you, both, okay, okay. Yeah. the Old so, Testament now in fairness it's difficult, it, yeah. It, well, it's difficult reading because, it, you know, a lot of things are sentenceable by death. You know what I yeah. mean? So, it's, but I don't think anybody... Well, but that was before but I, well, I, 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 don't I don't believe any Christian takes the that. Old Testament, literally, yeah. you know. You see, but they do, if, if, you, if you read it. The things that are in the Bible are absolutely, to say, astonishing. Um, things that we weren't taught about, gifts of the Holy Spirit, things like that, that the Roman Catholic Church doesn't teach, although it reads from the exact same Bible on a Sunday. Like the things of signs, wonders and miracles. That's not in... in and do you, be, do you believe the Bible as a book yes. of fact? Do you? Yes. Yeah. And the, the Old Testament is basically... Um, it's foretelling what comes in the New Testament. Well, of course, yeah. But, but, but what, no, what I'm asking is, do you believe that the Bible is a book of fact? Absolutely. It's not just a book of fact. It's a book of how to live our lives, even in business. Right, so it's a guide to life as far as family. So, so you're religious, Pauline, yeah? No, I'm not religious. I have a relationship <laughs> with God. I don't consider myself to have a religion. I have a relationship with no, yeah, I think we had this conversation before, Pauline. Yeah, the, yeah, the very fact that you live your life by the Bible means that you are religious. Well, the, the, the definition of the word religion, I think we explained this before, the definition of the word religion or religious doesn't necessarily mean you have to have millions of people doing the same thing. It just means no, that no, you... I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, it means but, that you, you support a God or the belief in a God or a spirit of some description or a higher power. Well, you see, when you've had a personal experience of something in your life, miracles happen every day. And you find that... Well, I, I've never happening. experienced a miracle. Uh, I have. 
I've experienced many things that are in the Bible, but I wouldn't have known what they were until I began to read the Bible. And give me, um, a, give me an example of a miracle that you've experienced. A miracle? Okay, well, I know that, you do know that um, God is the same today. Well, if, if the Bible is to be true, he's the same today as he was yesterday and will be tomorrow. Yeah. And people are healed every day by people praying for them. Okay, but where, where's the miracle in that? Well, because it's, science can't explain it. Doctors don't understand it. Science, science can't explain what? That God is the same today as he was yesterday? No, that when somebody is healed or cured of something that's like terminal, like, and there are many examples. Of course, of that. Yeah, there are many people yeah, in hospitals, many people make recoveries and doctors find it, you know, they, they can't explain why it happened because the human body is just so complicated we don't understand it properly yet. Well, the human yeah. body was made, you see, this is a very kind of deep conversation to get into because the human body was created, if you believe in God, to replenish and repair stuff. So you don't, you, so you don't believe in evolution? No, absolutely not. There, there so I, do you, do, well then, if you believe the Bible and don't believe in evolution, you believe that people are only on this planet in the last 6,000 years, because that's what the Bible says. No. What, I, what I want to say is that when God spoke the world... It's a bit one, Pauline, can Darwin I ask you? wasn't there. He just wasn't there. Okay, but you're, you're a clever woman, Pauline. I've spoken to you many times. But do you honestly believe, because the Bible says that people and human beings have only been on this planet, uh, life began 6,000 years ago. Do you believe that? I believe there was life from the time that our Lord spoke. Okay, but according to the Bible, and experts of the Bible have said that the Bible states, the book of Genesis, states that human beings have only been on the planet for the last 6,000 years. Do you believe that? No, I don't necessarily believe it. I don't have an opinion on that, and I don't. But what if you believe? But but if you believe the Bible, that's what you believe. No, but hold on a second. I would have to read more and probably be a more astute Bible reader to be able to answer that question to you. But what I am saying is that miracles do happen every day, and there are many people who testify that. Well, I I do believe that extraordinary things happen every day, but I I don't equate it to some miracle by a higher power. Yeah, well, if you read the Bible, you'll find that those things are ordinary. Well, I have read sections of the Bible when I was younger and everything. It doesn't interest me, to be honest. I wish you would read it, because I'd love to have a debate with you, and I need to do more reading myself. But But to me, I might as well, and I say this with respect, I might as well be reading Spider-Man, because to me, (laughs) it's not real. It's a, it's a book about something that you you have to have faith to believe in because there's absolutely no evidence that any of it happened. There is evidence that it happened. I mean, there's there's, meant, there's so much evidence. There isn't any evidence. I hear you talking about um, Noah's Ark. They've actually found Noah's Ark. They didn't find Noah's Ark. That's that's a myth. That story. That's an urban legend that they allegedly found it out, out, out under an ice cap somewhere or something like that. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, no, they didn't find no, it. No, no, it's not in an ice cap. They actually found it. It's on land. No, I'm not good at geography. I look it up and I post it on But it's actually on land. But, it but, is. but I mean, the story of Noah's Ark, he, he got all land-fearing animals. That's 2.3 million different species of animals onto one boat. You want to get into debate Pauline, I'm, I'm trying to be realistic with you here. I'm not saying, I think, it's a, I think the story of Noah's Ark, and I remember watching a documentary about it once, it's a lovely story. Um, and it teaches children about how, you know, we should, you know, protect animals. And, you know, in, in the face of danger, this particular pharaoh, uh, when the Nile uh, flooded its banks, took his oxen and his calf and his family, his two children and his wife on a raft. He made a raft and they sailed down the, the Nile and created a new community. Uh, with the two oxen that he had and the calf or what a sheep or something like that I don't know what it was and that was where the story came from but because like every other story throughout time it gets exaggerated and, and, and it's a nice story it's a lovely little story but there's no way 
that two lads and their mother and father built a boat with Bronze Age tools. They'd be still building it today uh, that would actually hold 2.3 million animals for 40 how days. Long, how long do you, you think it laugh? took? How, how long do you think it took, according to the Bible, for Noah to build an ark? I have no idea. Well, be, if, he, if, he star- if he started 6,000 years ago, he'd be still doing it now. Well, it took a lot, of, a lot more years than we know people to live nowadays. You see, before, in, before the time that Christ came, our Lord was able to communicate with people as he did with Adam and Eve. And I'm not going to get into all of that right now with yeah, you no, because I know, we're going to end up arguing. No, we're not but, going to end up arguing. I, I'm, I'm quite happy to, to, to believe in people's faith, or not believe in people's faith, to, to listen to people about their faith and respect them because they believe in it. But I find it very difficult when somebody starts to tell me an outrageous story happens to be, is true because as much as it's a nice story, I, oh. you know, you know, I just think for anybody to believe that story, uh, hook, line and sinker, so to speak, I just, I find it overwhelming. Sorry, sorry, Mike, Michael, you want to say something there? Go ahead, Michael. <laughs> I'm just laughing. <laughs> what are you laughing at? I just, it's big sheet. Uh, what? Uh, well, no, but Pauline is religious, obviously. She believes it. And, that, and I have, respect for well, Pauline, but I don't have to believe what she believes. She sounds like half a Christian. She, she hasn't read the Bible. She, read, she believes fully in it. She hasn't she read it. She said she did read she it. She won't argue the points on it because she doesn't understand them. She doesn't know what she's talking about. It sounds so infantile. This is the infantile kind of... This is the this is the infantile thing I'm talking about in religion. Like it just keeps people pure infantile. Like it's people need to study real history and real books, archaeology, like proper stuff. Not not this. Like, it's just uh, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, well, just uh, can I just say in response to what you said, it was only because of a personal experience that I had that I began to read, read the Bible. As a Roman Catholic, I always hoped God existed, but because of an experience that I had, I know He exists, and then I began to read the Bible. So well, well, you you believe He exists. You don't know He exists. You believe He does. You have faith in us. I know for a fact that I did, okay. and I know. Uh, how, but how you don't know for a fact? How do you know for a fact? Have you ever seen Him? You, you be, no, Hannah, no, 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 it's fair to say you believe he exists. No, I know for a fact that he's a, he does yeah, exist. You can't say that. You can't, make, can't, you can't make that statement. I'm not a bit ashamed to say it. I, I I'm, not, I'm not asking to be ashamed to say it. But you've made, you've made a statement that you know for a fact he exists. So when you use the word fact, you must have some evidence to back that up. I, I have evidence, but I can't explain it to you. I can't show it to you. But then, but, but then the evidence doesn't exist if you can't show it to anybody. It does, because it was witnessed. So let's put okay, it that so, way. And so, what, somebody saw God? No, no, I didn't say I saw God. Well, I then, said I, I had a personal experience that was not what we would consider anything to but do you, with yeah, okay, and, and some, okay, something unexplained happened to you, but you can't equate that to God. You're just, you're, you're just equating that to God. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I had a near miss the other day where some fella broke a red light and missed me by about a fraction of an inch uh, the other day. I could have been dead. I don't equate that to God. I just put that down to luck. Really? Yeah. Well, I that, suppose we do. As, well, you're not even Roman Catholic, as you say. No, no. But, but I guess even as Roman Catholics, that's what people do. But when you have had a personal experience, and it is unexplainable, and it is witnessed by other people. Okay, and I accept, I accept, Pauline, that you believe in God, or you believe there's a God, but to suggest that it's a fact, that, that means that then you must produce some sort of evidence. Scientists used to say things like that, and then they produce evidence. When you, when you make a claim, it's up to the person who makes the claim then to produce the evidence. But you're not producing any evidence apart from a feeling that you think you're equating it to. Okay, well, uh, let me just go to... Um, stay there, please. 
Yeah. Who want to go to finally? Just want to go to Philip on this. Philip, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Philip? Hello, Niall. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Rock and roll. Listen, um, you may, I just have to interject there just the very end of what you were saying and then get back to the point where I rang in in the first place. Right. Um, you're saying facts, right? Oh, God, facts. Yeah. Actually, facts are a 17th century invention. You're correct in that. It's a scientific term, fact. Yeah. The, the term fact didn't exist before the 17th century. But fate is a different kind of story. Um, fate is both a gift and a response. And mm. it's a technical term. It's a religious term. Yeah, it's nice. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, wonder, delight, cosmic. Uh, you know, looking at the cosmos. Uh, Abraham Lincoln said he didn't believe in God when he looked at the earth, all the wars, etc. Yeah. But when he looked at the sky, like Oscar Wilde said something very similar uh, before he was converted. He said, when he looked at the sky, he said he just had to have some sense of... Where did uh, it all come from? Yeah. Where did it all come from? Exactly. Yeah. Mm. And if you take the earth... Now, I'm talking from a scientific point of view here for a moment... Just switching over, because you can't, anyone, look, if you take the Big Bang, the Big Bang theory was actually invented, or discovered, rather. You can use either word, but yeah. discovered, I often use the word discovered, because it's so beautiful. It was discovered by a Belgian priest in 1931 or 33 called Lemaitre. If you look him up on the internet, Lemaitre. Okay, now, he I take your word for it. Uh, now, anyway, Einstein cried when he heard Lemaitre expound the theory of the Big Bang. Okay, Einstein cried. It's so beautiful. It says, oh, the Big Bang started with one cell. We are from that one cell. Mm-hmm. Now, we can't understand it, but Big Bang theory, scientists have been going along in the last 30, 40 years. Even in 1919, Einstein's relativity theory was partially proven by an eclipse of the sun. Now, I'm not going to go into it now too much because it's too much for your listeners to follow. But basically, Kyle... <laughs> well, we, 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 we have proven Einstein's theory. I mean, isn't it? We in, have, more yeah. or less. In yeah, CERN, they have, they, they have our particle he, he accelerators. Looking, yeah. He was always looking for the grand theory of everything and right up to his dying day, he was looking for it. Actually, for your listeners, and Alistair McGrath, who was an atheist like yourself in the 60s, he's now a, a, a dawn over in Oxford. He's one of the ba- most intelligent deep writers of Christianity in mm-hmm. the world today, Anthony McGrath. I should maybe I'll be a bishop in 10 years, you know, so never know. Well, anyway... Um, <laughs> yeah, go on. Well, what was the reason you come on in the first place? Because I've only got about five minutes. Ever. Go on. I'm just thinking about your whole dismissal of the religious experience. No, I'm not that dismissing it. I, 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 I am, well, okay, I am dismissing the fact that I don't believe somebody can build a boat and fit two two point five million animals on it. That one. Yeah. I'm with you on that no, one. No, but that's actually. all I dismissed, wasn't it? Um, no, 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 I hope so. Because um, hope and faith are intertwined, Okay. Are they? Um, actually, according to Paul, anyway. But, uh, well, but where does destiny down, come into it? You will have to do testament. Where, do, where, do where, do, where, do, where does destiny come into all that, by the way? Does destiny, destiny. come into Destiny? Yeah. Does destiny well, come into your theory? That's interesting because... Um, do you think, you know, do you think um, our destiny think is there, is, or um, do we create it? With, with the benefit of uh, hindsight, everything is 2020, okay? Mm. And you can look back in your life and you can say, oh, I might have ended up here with destiny. Yeah. Well, ultimately... In the here and now, I I personally believe you have freedom, you know? Yeah, um, yeah you can create you your know, own that's, future. That's all I'm trying to espouse there. Yeah. But I'm not trying, I'm not, actually, I would say religion in itself is not true. Any religion, even the Catholic religion, which I expound, but... Why do you, why, I mean, Philip, you're an intelligent, you sound like an intelligent man. I mean, no, well, what, actually, uh, can I ask you a question? Why do, why Niall, do you believe so many people believe point. it? Can I just finish this point and yeah. let you go? No, don't let me go, religion, I'm interested. Religion in itself is not true, right? Okay. But the mystery to which it points to is true. In other words, 
it's like somebody who points at the moon, which reflects the light of the sun, but the moon itself is not the sun. The sun is the true no, I get, I get what you mean, source yeah. of, the, of the light. Now, obviously, religion can be true, but it's not always necessarily true. But I mean, now, early, early man, me, well, well hang me, on, the point, for, I, I, let me just simplify this a little bit. Early man threw rocks at the moon because they thought it was near. Right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Exactly. So, so, so the point, the point is, really. until we right. educate ourselves on a certain thing, like where God, well, from what I believe, where God came from and the word God came from, which came from the word good, right? Which meant that yeah. anything that happened, which was good, like the harvest and the crop would grow. Um, this has gone back thousands and thousands of years ago. Yeah, pa- yeah, the pagan yeah. gods. That's, um, that's actually anthropology. Yeah, okay. And, so anything yeah. that happened that was good, they would put it down to God because God was the sun. Yeah, but religion hmm. has got more sophisticated as well, of course, you know? Yeah. And they wouldn't claim to be, that's kind of primordial religion. Uh, they wouldn't claim to be um, as basic as that now. But most religions are the same. If you if you look at all the religions, particularly all the early religions, like the pagan religions and and Krishna and all yeah, these, yeah, you're using the word pagan now. And, yeah, um, but I'm just saying they they all they all have the same story. They all had a guy who you know died, came back three days later, had twelve apostles, was born of a Virgin Mary or well, not a Mary. Which, bit, um, so they've that story has been used now. about seven or eight different times with different well, gods. Actually, what, how can we prove Christ exists? Well, we because can't, actually. Belief, my, how, my belief is he's more alive now than he was 2,000 years ago. He's, his presence is there. Well, now, anytime, as a Christian, mm. now, I don't want to get into, I'm not trying to argue with him about my belief because it's too important to me to argue about it. Wasn't there 19 as historians 19 historians in that area of the Middle East 2,000 years ago and not one of them mentioned Jesus Christ? No, Joseph was good, actually. Those with the Jewish historian mentioned them. Well, I, 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 watched, I read a, a, a bit about it there a while ago. Mm. You look up Josephus, the Jewish historian, he mentioned them. And um, there was, he, there was, the reality is denial. There was a lot of prophets around at that particular time, by the way. Well, people who claimed they were prophets. He claimed to be Christ after he yeah. died. Yeah. But my simple faith is, and it's a simple faith, and it's something that um, I don't like to be proud to have, but gifted to have. Hmm. Basically, a man called Jesus died after three years of a missionary movement. But basically, in two words, simple, Jesus rose. Jesus rose. And that, for me, sums up the whole mystery. And what, and what are you, Philip, by the way? Are you just spiritual? Is that what you are? Uh, I, I, I think people say spiritual now, nowadays. They don't admit to having a faith. So um, what, what are you? Well, I mean, if, if you want to, can I put a label on you of some description? What are, you, are you Christian? Are you Catholic with small C. What? Catholic with a small C. Yeah, and that means universal Christian. Right. Um, I accept other people are all on the journey. And you asked me a few minutes ago about um, about destiny. And uh, I believe that basically what happened in Jerusalem, or in the Holy Land, wherever you want to call it, be specifically correct, land 2,000 years ago, was something wonderful for the epiphany of humankind the birth of humankind, and we're still dealing with this. And why did, as a Christian, I would say, look, God threw in his lot with us 2,000 years ago. And mm. he, he experienced, to the utmost degree, what it was like to be human. And he died and he accepted death. But out of that death, D-E-A-T-H, sorry for my lisp, yeah. uh, he, he transformed death into a new life. And one more thing before I go, 
Jesus is death. What's it like anyone else? Because he went onward to reveal a new life, whereas the guy he rose from the dead the day before he was arrested, uh, Lazarus. Lazarus came back from the dead. He came back, whereas Jesus went forward. There's two fundamental differences in that, and a huge fundamental difference. Jesus' death, he went forward to reveal a new life for the cosmos, as for us, hopefully. Hopefully, though. Hopefully. Well, listen, listen, thanks very much indeed for that, Philip. Uh, it was interesting to listen to, right? Uh, loads of texts, by the way, coming in. Somebody says, no, pagans don't believe in gods. Yes, they do. Yes, they did. Sorry, they don't. There's very few pagans around nowadays. The deities of Rome, Roman gods, they did. Jupiter, who else? Neptune, wasn't there? Venus, Mars. Um, most, uh, a lot of pagans didn't believe in a superior god or a supreme deity, uh, but a lot of them did believe in some sort of subordinate gods. You know, so I, you're wrong. Uh, they did. Um, I'm trying to remember, was it the God of Horus? Let me see. I'm just trying to, I'm going to Google this. God of Horus. Okay, yeah. Let me see. Mm. He was an Egyptian god. Now, he had uh, a virgin birth. He had 12 apostles. He died on Christmas Day. Uh, or should I say, was born on Christmas Day and died and came back three days later interesting story isn't it it's been used many times throughout the history of man this particular story the god of Krishna of course exactly the same was born of a virgin birth uh, was born on December the 25th uh, 12 apostles died came back three days later it's a familiar story maybe maybe I'm wrong and you're not getting the picture here but the story has been around for a long long time that particular story and the most recent version of it is the version with Jesus Christ and obviously the one that has become the most popular because Christianity, of course, is the most popular religion in the world. The majority of the world's population are Christians. Yeah, thanks but for that, by the way. And she's still insisting that the, the pagans didn't have gods. I'm telling you, they did. You, you need to do a little bit of research there. Roman pagans actually did have gods. They did believe in gods. Um, Jesus, uh, I, was, I just had a vision. A vision of Bishop Boylan with a big hat and a staff. Right. John and Limerick said Albert Einstein was deeply religious. Um, yeah, but most scientists, 96% of scientists are not religious at all because obviously they believe in science. And generally speaking, most religion, um, I suppose, contradicts science, doesn't it? Generally speaking. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.